0: Thanks for everybody that, that I know, <laughs> I know if, nothing like starting out frozen. Let's hope, let's hope this thing can get going. But yeah, guys, special, special guest here, Law Nation. What's going on, Law? Appreciate oh, you. Oh,
1: my goodness. Uh, Hey, it, it's uh one of those things where I'm looking at it one day at a time, you know, and, and, and just like uh, 2020, it was horrible, but 2021 will be better. And just like this stream right here is going to kick off and it's going to be better. Let's go.
0: Let's go, guys. So, yeah, got, got a lot of topics to go over with you guys. Uh, you know, we're just going to have this as an open discussion about the Cowboys, Law, and everybody mm-hmm. watching live. Make sure you guys hit like, subscribe, and share. Hit up my guy, Law Nation. I'm sure all you guys are. <laughs> <laughs> law Nation, the go goat to goats, man. What, what a great way to start the, the year here in January. But Law, as, as we look at the Cowboys right now in the offseason, you know, we're about three weeks into it now. We're on DAC watch mm-hmm we we need to get like that that <laughs> horn that they would use for a Brett Favre watch you remember when Brett Favre they would talk about him and the horn would go off
1: man I need to find one all I got is this one <laughs> I don't know if that one could work <laughs> yeah
0: yeah we need something like that like Dak watch <laughs>
1: yeah there we go yeah they wake some people up
0: yeah sure will but Long, what is your take on on when you expect something to happen here with with Dak Prescott's contract? Do you feel like this is gonna be a while? Let's wait a little bit.
1: Well, I'm looking at it like Jerry Wayne Jones is all about marketing. He's all about the money. He could be like jealous of all of the attention that the Super Bowl is getting. So why not circumvent it with the Dak Prescott? Signing, or or it could be after the Super Bowl when everybody is talking about the draft and the opening day of free agency. Maybe he wait and squeeze everything out from there. And it's another thing that the I guess the salary cap number have not been exposed yet, so Uh he may wait for that. So those are the three areas where Jerry Jones might do.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know the the cap. You know they're talking about it's going to be. 175, 180, somewhere in that range, possibly. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, you know, you really can't do anything until we get some of these numbers kind of confirmed. So, you know, I'm, I'm just looking at this as, you know, it's either long-term or you're going to, you know, do something crazy and, and start over. I, I don't know if we can do a franchise tag again. Lava, I mean, what, what's your feeling on what? how do they handle the contract?
1: Well, my thing is, as far as the if they do the long term, it's all in our favor because yep. I believe that if you go ahead and solidify a contract agreement for him, anything from that point on, it would not cost you more money. Just like if we were to sign him long term, when everybody was saying, "No, you can't sign him," remember it was twenty-two to twenty-five million dollars far as market rate. It was market value now his market value is 36 and a half so now what we're going to be doing is like okay if you wait and continue to wait i think that Dak prescott the type of caliber player he is he always going to improve yeah (laughs) but from the cowboys fan base we have the most Fickle fan base. They sit there and say, "Okay, give me this, give me that. Let let Andy be the quarterback. He's better Uh, than Dak Prescott." And then they moonwalk back from that, you know. So
0: yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's like some of the crazy takes that came out of that twenty twenty season. They're just like, "Can this season be over already?"
1: Right. (laughs) I
0: mean, we got to talk about Andy Dalton. Like, oh man, come on, guys.
1: Yeah. And then when they got a chance to see him, they're like,
0: "Oh, let's go." Yeah, then they were calling for uh, Garrett Gilbert to come back. Like, okay, guys.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Nah, but I
0: I feel everybody. I mean, it it was that kind of season. But, yeah, I think, you know, that's got to be, you know, it's it's the biggest storyline of the NFL law. It's, you know, Dak Prescott. You know, I think Deshaun Watson is kind of taking some of that, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that discussion away right now. But it's still, you know, Dak Prescott, like, it's the biggest news. Like, what are the Cowboys going to do? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think you have a few earmarks that you got to reach in the offseason. Like you said, you know, the announcement um, of the salary cap. When is that coming out? Have you heard when that's oh, coming out?
1: Oh, man, uh you hit me with a surprise on that one. Maybe somebody in the community box because uh, I don't know. Uh It could be a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl. Maybe they announced the, uh, sal- the new salary cap uh, numbers there. Uh, but like you said, you gave a rough, r- a rough estimate, so it, it should be anywhere along those lines.
0: Yeah, anywhere along those lines. The lunatic in the house. Appreciate you, brother. Sign Dak, improve our defense, and let's roll. So, I mean, that kind of seems like where a lot of fans are looking at this off season law, as far as you know, what really hurt us, you know, this past season. What what was the Achilles' heel of this team? And you know it, it. You know it had to be defense. I mean, record. I mean, it was it was a complete disaster,
1: blah. disaster and a half. Uh, when we look at defense in total, it was one of those things where we tried to bring in a new scheme mm-hmm. and bring in new philosophies as it relates to defense during the COVID, and we look back at it and say, man, that's crazy. Now. On the other end, if we were to keep our same philosophy, let's say, for example, if they got rid of Rob Marinelli but kept Chris Richard, then maybe the the, the base defense would have been okay. Maybe we, we could have been still in the middle of the pack and we wouldn't even be talking about, hey, this and that. But now the truth is that they see how valuable Chris Richard was or the philosophy or how valuable Uh, you can throw in Rob Minnelli, but now all of that is gone. Now we got to bring in Dan Quinn and we're supposed to go back to some of the same principles, one gap scheme, where you get up the field, rip havoc, rip havoc and and create pressure on the quarterback. So hopefully we can just erase 2020 and 2021, we can get back to that middle of the pack type of defense.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of all we kind of need. Obviously, it would be better to get into top 10. But, man, if you can get the defense just in the middle with this offense, I think you're mm. rocking and rolling. Law and I were talking about this offline. You know, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills. Don't sleep on them in this championship game because what, what was it you said, Law? Defense travels.
1: Yeah, right? defense travel. And they, they did something similar what we're about to do. They went and got a Leslie Frazier who was a failed head coach who didn't pan out to be a a wonderful head coach, but he's wonderful around drawing up and putting up defense. So now if you look at the Dallas Cowboys and look at the weapons that we have on the offense, we just need one or two pieces on their front five as it relates to the offensive line. Maybe that'll be okay. But on the defensive side, if you can bring in a guy who earned his grain of salt with the Seattle Seahawks, then went over there to the Atlanta land, and he, he, regardless of how we look at it, he did take them to the Super Bowl. We have yet to see the Super Bowl since the nineties, right? Mm, yeah, so true. we can't be talking. We can't be too picky, Cowboy Nation. Talking about, well, he can't do. The, look, we haven't seen the Super Bowl since the nineties, so we got a guy that's been there. Now, although he gave a big lead to what have you, we got. We got Mike McCarthy now. So hopefully Mike McCarthy, he's, he is known for co- great comeback victories. And Dan Quinn is known for giving up big leads. So hopefully you can marry those two together and we would never see the big leads being gone, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I definitely I've, – I've never seen the Cowboys to be like a choking type of team where we have the lead and we choke it up. I don't think that's ever been our DNA. But um, speaking of DNA law – Trying to develop a, um, an identity, right, has, has always been a question here with the mm-hmm. team. Like, what is the identity of the Cowboys? You know, you talk about the Bills and Titans defense, Cowboys, what, what is, in your estimation is the Cowboys identity right now?
1: Well, th- that is something that we got to establish on both sides of the ball. Are we gonna be a pass first team or a run first team? Uh, one can argue that Jerry Jones said they built this offense around the offensive line which is a primarily a run-first mentality type of offensive line. Now, if we're going to be a pass-first situation, then maybe you see less usage of Ezekiel Elliott, which we seen last year and in the, in the year before that. So maybe Dak Prescott can be that guy that can sling the ball all the way around the field. That's on the offensive side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, we got to be a team – that forces teams to pass, meaning that we got to be a run-stopping team. And that is something that we have not established. Even when we was going uh, in 2014, we couldn't stop the run, 15, 16, 17. Mm -hmm. Although those numbers were obscured to show that we stopped the run, but it didn't. If when teams wanted to run on us, they were able to do so. So in order for us to establish that style of defense, we have to make necessary investments. And that is into the interior of the front four we need to have a big plug that can stop the run.
0: I I agree hundred 100,000%. I mean, that defense was Swiss cheese. We got to change that to cheddar cheese, a solid block. Mm. You know, not, not let anything get through there. <laughs> I mean, it really does set the tone. You know, when a team is able to run, it sets a tone in a game. You know what I mean? When, you know, when Zeke, you know, and I think in his rookie season, we were able to pound the ball. It mm. wore down the opposing defense and you were able to do things. And uh, that's what these teams were doing to us, you know, hitting us hard, running all over us, opening up their pass game that that made the secondary look really bad. I mean, (laughs) it seemed like everybody was getting exposed left and right.
1: Yeah. I mean, you you speaking nothing but the truth. In 2016 and 17, the the thing was they were they were like, okay, if you're going to beat us, Dak Prescott and Jason Garrett. You're going to have to, and Scott hand, you're going to have to throw the ball. We're going to load the box. We're going to put everybody, mama, uncle, cousin, inside the box. And if you want to stop us, you got to stop that, or you got to defeat that. And the problem was with the young Dak Prescott, he didn't really know how to take advantages of the one-on-one to the outside. I will put that out there. I know a lot of people will say, not nah, law, you always optimism. You're always speaking positive of Dak Prescott. So what we've seen is the process of 2016 17 18 and 19 we saw the Dak prescott learn how to defeat that that a single high safety look or the two deep safety look where everybody else is still inside the box he learned how to overcome those uh those styles of defenses and those exotic looks or what have you now the problem is now is that the franchise didn't believe in him so they kept saying okay prove it to us again oh can you do it without this can you do it without that and now we've been into this vicious cycle whereas now Ezekiel Elliott is not the 2016 17 18 Ezek mm-hmm. he's another type of Ezekiel Elliott and they paid him and they have yet to pay Dak Prescott so how can we overcome that the only way would be if you if you go ahead and play this 2021 year out and you establish that the fact that this guy can can do it all, and that's Dak Prescott. But I know that a lot of people will say, "Nah, he
0: can't." Uh, it is. It's, it's one of those conversations that you have. You know, I always I always go back to Romo. You had the guys that hated him. You had the guys that loved him. And Romo, uh, Dak is there now. You know, he has mm-hmm. that strong contingency of haters, lovers. Right. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> Uh, it is. It's, it's like you said, a fickle fan base, unfortunately. But um, I'm with you on this law. I mean, I, I want that Prescott here. You know, when whenever we we're on that slide and we we're looking at the top five, I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, we're in Trevor Lawrence striking range. And, right. you know, maybe I can roll with Justin Fields. But as, as the collegiate season even went on, I wasn't too impressed with, with some of their play. You know, obviously they've had good games here and there, but nothing where I was like, yeah, this is the next Peyton Manning out here. You know, It's, it's, it's a risky thing, isn't it, Law?
1: It is. Uh, just like all you need to know about Trevor Lawrence is how he looked like in the game. Uh, against, uh, who did he play against? Was it Ohio State? Hmm? And, and that's all we have to know and see, that that will be the Trevor Lawrence of the NFL. He is not NFL ready like people think he is. It's going to be some growing pains. It's going to be things that he's going to have to overcome. And I don't want to hear people say, well, he didn't have the weapons. <laughs> have you seen Clemson? They have the weapons. My thing is just just pump the brakes cowboy nation on going out there saying okay trevor lawrence he'll be a generational he will be a game-changing type of quarterback with those little tiny legs he gonna get folded up like a pretzel <laughs> on the next level and the same thing is yeah. with justin fields it's going to take time for those guys to get acclimated to the nfl system and that could be another three to four years and who knows who who, who, who really knows but yeah. you got a known commodity in Dak prescott
0: yeah you do have a known commodity. That, that's for sure. Law, what is your estimation as far as what his payday might be? I mean, they're talking about Lamar might be getting his contract, and that's going to, you have to believe that's going to be in the 42, somewhere range plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys, you know, we we talk about the market value, you know, and to mm-hmm. me, that's a real thing. I know some people are still stuck on, um, I wouldn't pay Dak 30, I wouldn't even pay him 25. You know, that's just isn't is the, the reality of. of of it law what you know what i'm saying
1: well uh according to like uh pro football focus and over the uh cap.com and spoke track they got them right at 36.8 mil and uh they got them right at an average annual annual salary of a over a over four years 147 million dollars and that will put his contract right in the range of Carson Wentz, Pat Mahomes, and w- 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 uh, Watson. So my thing is that that will be his market value, regardless of how people like it or not. No. That's his market rate. And, and based upon, they do not pull these numbers out of Sky. They pull this number straight out of factual information, meaning that they they compare his level of game not by the wins or losses, but they pair, compare his level of game, his stats, and the way he lead the team, and the surrounding contemporaries on how they get paid. So that's where they pull these numbers from.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It's not like they're pulling them out of thin air, right? So, yeah, it's it's something to you know get a, get like a base value and then work from there. But you know, it's almost like if you're an employee for a company, at, at some point from Dak's perspective you kind of get like the feeling like man I'm, I'm kind of getting jerked around here you know where's the money you know what I mean like I, sometimes myself in my day job I'm like I'm doing all this work I'm hitting all the check marks where's my raising title change you know what I mean do you think there's any frustration from Dak Prescott where he's at right now or do you think he's where how do you feel Dax handling this right now
1: I think he handled it pretty well. Uh, you don't hear the the strife or the the malicious interviews, and you don't hear him going back and forth with media. Uh, he he's really poised in his uh, stance on everything. If anybody who's frustrated, probably be his his brother Tad Prescott and some of the people that's in his corner. Yeah. But outside of Dak Prescott, you really don't hear the wordings as it relates to somebody's being uh, frustrated. Now, that could be a detriment to his own demise because of the fact that he's not boisterous in his uh, approach to the money or or approach to this situation. I recall Russell Wilson said, hey, if I don't have a contract by such and such date that I'm not showing up, if we heard that type of firm stance by Doc Prescott, I think that that will open up the realities of of the minds of uh, Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's true. I, I think that's something that they really need to, to take into account as they try to figure this thing out. And, you know, th- even those guys are saying the right things like, oh, you know, we told Andy Dalton, this is Dak's team. You know, we're right. hearing all these these wonderful quotes. Uh, so now, you know, oh, we're going to we're going to we're going to have a soft landing on this contract and this and that. And, like, OK, well. Let me let me see it. No, let me see it. <laughs> let me see it, man. Because yeah, like you said, this, this everything is is gonna go through this. Like you said, law uh, free agency, your draft strategy, the makeup of the roster. So, assuming you know we, we get something done here with Dak, you know, what is your number one priority as far as the roster outside of Dak? You know, we get. Let's say we get the contract done. What's your next uh, primary focus?
1: Well, if the contract get done, uh, we we do need to some need we do need to solidify the defense, right? That's like something that we all can see with our eyes. The defense need to be improved, but the problem in the issue is uh, with the same breath of that is that we have to figure out this offensive line. Unfortunately, we have to figure that out. Alayel yeah. Collins. Maybe you said you saw some pictures on Instagram that he was out there skiing for crying out loud. It looks like he lost a few pounds, which is good. But he need to be football ready so we can know for sure we got somebody at the right tackle. On the left tackle situation, there will be more games this year than ever before in the NFL. They move into 17 games opposed to 16. If I'm a betting man, I will say that Tyron Smith will not make it all 17 games. Yeah, And I know that that don't sound good to Cowboy fans and, and to other people out there who's that's optimistic, but that's the, rea- that's the realism right there. So I believe after you solidify the contract agreement with Dak Prescott, you have to go back into the well and figure out how can you bring in somebody to help out the offensive line. We we going to have to do it. It's just one of those things where we got to, and then we can go look at defense, 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 defense. And I'm a defensive minded guy, by the way.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Law. That, that's where I'm at with the, with the offensive line too. You know, everybody is just saying, "Oh, they're back. We're going to be fine." And for me, it's like, uh, "Have you seen? He missed. He played barely played two games. Missed the whole year. That's the most tarnished miss. It's scary. And then you got the neck, the back, everything. So does he doesn't even play eight games, you
1: know?: yeah.
0: and that, it's, a, it's a realistic you know thing that we're talking about, right? Law's like, wh- okay, if he misses eight games, who, who's going to come in? Do you want another eight games of Brandon Knight? <laughs>
1: well <laughs> I mean well, up, well, that's I, the
0: thing
1: and, and the game that he missed is always at the weirdest time, so right. that's something that we have to add into our mental, too. And, yeah. and here's the situation, Joe. We, even with Tyrus Smith, if 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 he so happened to play eight games, man, we'll be happy for that, right? If we could have got eight games from last year, we've been like, Yes, our record would have been better than what it was last year. So uh and that's how crazy this thing is uh, yeah, <laughs> at this it, point. It, it, it we
0: are really wishing is. for eight. <laughs> I know. I know. And then that's and just the fact that we're kind of getting like uh desensitized into this kind of mental, like you said, it's like we got to get out of there. we we I feel like we need to get get somebody in place here. you know they they need to have a secession plan in place, you know, whether it's uh drafting a player or a free agent who's better than average, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I know that you can't have a full lineup of all pros. I think we're, we all we all know that, but um it seems like this offense needs to be running on all cylinders, no matter who's been the coach here. And I don't know, hopefully, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts on Philbin, though? I, I think that for what he had, to me, I think he did an okay job, especially down the street. What What's your thoughts on Philbin, how he finished the, the year?
1: He finished strong, but the timing and the placing of everything, it was sullied in a sense because we knew that Terrence Steele mm-hmm. had to go through some growing pains. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, we had uh, on our show on the Late Night Hype, we had Big Duke on the show. He, he's the offensive line guru who's actually working out with uh, Alex Leatherwood right now and working out with some of the premier guys, like uh, uh, the Suo, uh, a kid. And he works out with a bunch of those guys. And he came out and said, hey, we got to look at this offensive line or any player in the NFL as Olympians. It takes three to four years to train to get to the Olympics. No. So you can't expect Olympic warrior day one yeah. off a of position... That it's going to take time to develop so we knew that my thing is that i guess you have to point the gun still let me get my gun out i guess you have to you got to point the gun at jerry wayne and stephen jones because here's why you shoot them uh this is the reason why when Lyle collins showed up out of shape you should have been on the horn you should have been calling everybody saying okay i need help at right tackle I can't have an undrafted rookie as my right tackle protecting a quarterback who's who's pretty much playing on a whim because he don't have a futures contract. And then they had to be cognitive enough to know that the left tackle situation, that he's not going to play, uh, play 16 weeks. So they, they had to know those things. Let me load up the gun again. They had to know those things, and they had to put some things into place to solidify that, and they never ever did. Yeah, they built the plane basically, and I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to be uh, uh, sounding like I'm hating or anything on the Joneses, but they they technically built the plane while it was in the air.
0: It's true, you know. That
1: this, this shot it. I shot that one at Stephen Jones. <laughs> right
0: there. <laughs> yeah, they did. I mean, the, the the front office, I think, had the worst showing. Since Jerry took over the team, I mean, they missed on a ton of free agents. Uh, some of their moves on the roster were, were kind of goofy. Um, you know, they they have to rectify this loft. And if we want to have mm-hmm. a better season, they they can't have – they can't miss on the free agents, even if they're low-level mm-hmm. guys. You know, um, they can't miss on these guys.
1: They can't. They, they can't miss on those guys. And, and they're going to have to bring in something to solidify the front five. And then they're going to have to look into this free ag- The free agency is such a sweet, sweet one. You know, <laughs> yeah. that is why when you look at the teams that's in the playoffs now, or if you look at the team that recently won the Super Bowl, they did it through free agent. I think that the honey badger, he wasn't just sitting out there saying, okay, I don't want to go to this team. No, he was on a free agent market. He was on the open market, meaning that if you can throw money, now he had his choice of where he wanted to go, but if you could throw money at his way, right? Free agency and acquisition they had to pick up a guy to be an edge guy to help out Chris Jones. So everything works out for each other. And of course I know that a lot of people would say, well, we don't have the money. They just pay all of the money for their guys. Money can be found.
0: Yeah. Money, money can be found. Exactly. You know, some, some fans uh, say, Oh, you know, we're tied for this and that, but you can manufacture cap space. Um, Right. But yeah, getting back (laughs) on the long-term deal would really open it up. But, Law, as far as, like, free agency, do you, do you think they're going to stay status quo and just go with the third and fourth week of free agency? Or do you think they're going to dip their toes into the first week of free agency? Do you think they, they need to do that? Or, or what's your gut feeling on what they do this year?
1: Well, man, man, you're right on the money with it. Uh, I had a theory because a lot of people was looking at why, why did Cowboys sign Dan Quinn so quick? And I was looking at it like, man, it could be this right here. They already had their eyes set on Dan Quinn in December. They didn't really care about anything else. So you know when a man's mind is made up, you'd be like, I want that one. Mm -hmm. And that's what they did. They went and got Dan Quinn, and they said, okay, we're going to implement his philosophy, his his system, his schemes, and all of this stuff back into the system with the Cowboys. But they better listen to him. And that meaning that they better go out there in this free agency or have a focal point in the draft. Interior defensive linemen, right? Safety play. So week one of the open market of the free agency is a contingent upon we would know everything about this team if A, they sign Dak Prescott to that long term. B if they dance and shake and move and show us something in this free agency. And I'm not talking about Walmart, TJ Mack, <laughs> burlington I'm talking about some realness, right? Get one yeah. or two guys. They can flip this thing around, but if they don't do it, then it's just the same thing over and over again, rearranging the, t- the furniture on the Titanic.
0: Uh, it really is. And I, I think, um, I, I've said, this is going to be the Cowboys biggest off season since the Cowboys have bought the team, because it's, it's either going to go up or we're going to like continue on this downward spiral. If they screw up, screw this thing up again. So, right. Uh, yeah, they, they got to nail this. I'm, I'm with you law. Um, the TJ Maxx's and, and these kinds of dollar tree, this kind of thing, it hasn't worked.
1: It has not. It, now, it has, as, as a disclaimer, it's nothing wrong with going into Marshalls and TJ Maxx right. and Dollar General and the Dollar Tree. Shake the tree. Maybe you get something good out of it, but you cannot depend on it. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, exactly. Definitely can't depend on it um you know so is is there any are any names out here that really stand out to you or you you really want the cowboys to make a push for a free agent like i really would like this free agent on the cowboys anybody out there that you like
1: oh my goodness um uh now there's a guy named dalvin thomason Mm -hmm. big plug that's in the interior of the giants they had top 10 defense last year or if you really want to get fancy with it because he's not a one but yeah hell if you just want to just say, forget it, man. I just want get, to get a guy that's a playmaker and I can think about closing my eyes and him and D-Law on the same side of the ball or what have you would be uh, the Leonard kid uh, uh, from uh, the, the, uh, the Giants team, Leonard Williams. So if you get somebody like that, those two boys, or if I really, really want to get all happy about this uh, free agency, Justin Simmons, Marcus May. Both of those boys can really, boy can really turn a team around. And you can probably throw in a Troy Hill, but those are my like high end free agent guys. <coughs> Does yeah. not consider Walmart all stars. Yeah.
0: No, yeah, yeah. That that <laughs> you, you they, the Cowboys need to make, they need to take that surfboard and go on that first wave because if they right. wait and, and get on this <laughs> on the 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 wave here, there's barely a wave. You're gonna get what you pay for, right? And, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I love Dalvin Tomlinson. I think he's somebody that would really, you know, stuff it, you know, stuff that uh, the running game and that rotation would be fierce. I, I love that, you know, Leonard Williams, you, you mentioned him. He, he's a great one. Um, mm-hmm. I like I like Larry Ogunjobu uh, out of the Browns defensive tackle. Right. You know, he's young. I wanted the Cowboys to actually, you know, see if they could get him on a trade last offseason because he's on the end of his contract. So. hmm He'll be available. I wouldn't mind taking a look at him. I know they liked him coming out of Charlotte, and uh, well, I mean, he, he's really you know helped that Browns defense. I think he would be a steal if they could get him. I love I love your the players you mentioned there in, at the safety position because I feel like you know if the Cowboys are going to keep doing what they do and not draft a safety, you need to you need to shore that up. You know, I feel like you have Donovan Wilson as a good piece, but you need somebody next to him.
1: Right yeah. Off. Yeah. A complimentary yeah. piece. and A complimentary piece. So many people will look at the Legion of Boom, Legion of Boone, they'll say, man, Cam Chancellor or, or the uh, Richard Sherman and, and the Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright, who's out there at the free agent market as well. K.J. Wright, I would like to have him here, uh, as well as Brett B- Maybane. They'll talk about all of these guys, but they fail to realize that Earl Thomas was like the nucleus. Like Earl Thomas made crazy plays. He made crazy plays and he was the quarterback of that defense. So, regardless of who established it, whether it's Gus Bradley, whether it's Dan Quinn, or whether it was even the, the likings of a Chris Richard, it's hard to replicate people, yeah. right? You can talk about scheme and system. Like, look. Look, in basketball, look, at everybody talk about, hey, man, Michael Jordan, he ran the triangle offense and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But only two ran it to the perfection, Michael Jordan and Kobe, right? So let's not, let's not try to look at it like you can just throw anybody in the triangle offense and he's going to get this explosiveness of, of, of production. You got to still have the player or the person that can make the plays to make the system work. And to me personally, When we look at this team, like the Jordan Lewis's of the world, the Cheeto Wooziers, they have yet to prove that they can make things work. Xavier Woods, not throw those guys out there in front of the bus, but the reality of it is that in order for us to elevate ourselves, we have to look into the mirror. And I don't know it's an ugly picture when we look at it, but we have to figure out a way to bring in players and dogs that can make some plays.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think uh, you know one thing that, that the Cowboys have is uh you know their ability to to try to find the the diamond in the rough but mm. <laughs> you know I think where we're at this season we we can't we can't go with that. You know <laughs> you, you got to go get premium guys. Um so those are good ones. So we'll see if, if they do do that Law. Um as far as the draft goes, you know we got the the senior bowl coming up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and these guys it looks like a pretty loaded um roster i think jim nagy does a really good job here you know taking over phil savage the last couple seasons mm-hmm. and this roster is is very stacked i think you know i think that since the combine is canceled you're seeing more people go in and right. get that, that invite and say oh never mind let me go do this <laughs> so i mean we're talking offline about the all these um alabama guys being at the senior bowl and, and how fun is this going to be to watch
1: yeah it's going to be nice uh uh as from a from the mind of the offensive line that we need we, we'll be looking at alex leatherwood and we'll be looking at his individual techniques his drills his explosiveness uh we'll be tr- trying to take a look at him and even though we may not be shopping or looking for a running back the Alabama running back, we will still have to do our homework. Just because we got an Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard doesn't mean that it excludes you from getting a running back. And you still just have to look at it and, and always evaluate things with a soft eye. Never evaluate things as it relates to, like, team need. They, there's an old scout that says, or, or even Bill Parcells would say, if you think you're good at a spot or great at a spot, draft again. Meaning that hell, if you got a chance, an opportunity to, to see a cow pits, don't turn a blind eye to it because you never, ever know. And, and you just never know how times will, will look at it. Like you have a second chance at getting the person that can be generational for your team. So it's, it's just always have a soft eye.
0: <clears throat> yeah, no, that that's a great point. You know, especially looking at, at the draft, you know, it's a, uh, you definitely have to keep your options open, and I, I love Najee Harris. I, I think that guy is is a complete running back. You know, you got the running back out of um, Clemson. He's another good one. There's there's a lot of good mm-hmm. ones you can get. Um, you know, do, do you want to settle with uh, Rico Dowdle and some of these other guys? For me, yeah, I think they looked okay. You know, but if you can get better there, and if do you need a, do you actually need to set yourself up for the future as well when you're looking at some of these picks, you want to draft for now, but also for the future. Right law. So, yeah. yeah I, I mean, how would, how would Cowboys nation handle, you know, a draft pick like that? Like, like, like say you took uh, a Kyle Pitts somewhere in this draft or, or um, a Najee Harris. Do you think fans would just, you know, lose their mind or would they be on board with it?
1: They'll lose their mind because they look at – see, fans look at it from a need, per, per, per se, you know, perspective. They look at it from a need. Uh, but 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 general managers supposedly and, and scouts supposed to look at it like, I need to present. Like, if I'm going to present work to you, uh, Joe, and, and, and you're my boss, I want to present you the best available. Meaning that – and then you take that best available and you present it to the coaching staff. You say, elevate what these guys rectified or identified on tape and elevate that. And every yeah. year somebody get it wrong in the draft. Tons of teams got it wrong about Diggs last year, right? That's why he fell all the way to the second. They oh, yeah. tons of teams had uh, Jeff Okuda, AJ Terrell higher than Diggs, but Diggs year one played better than those guys so where do that value lands right need versus need versus want or want versus need value versus this so my thing is if if you looking at the senior ball and you see deontay brown and you say well i already got a connor williams or i already got a guy that showed promised to us last year conor mcgovern or zach martin no i'm looking at deontay brown saying okay that big boy we're gonna put him in the inside and we may flex Connor williams to the outside so you got to have a soft eye when you're looking into the draft there's no there's no rhyme or reason of why you can say this person is better than the next because A lot of people was wrong on Justin Jefferson last year, right? And, of course, a lot of people were wrong on C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, uh, there was two, Jerry Judy and uh, the other fast kid that went to the uh, Raiders were drafted before him. I guarantee you they probably look at it now like, nah, they should have selected C.D. Yeah. So that's why you got to look at the situation and say, let's go for value versus need.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. That's a very good point to, to you know, put in everybody's head to to think about for sure. You know, um, <clears throat> even myself, you know, I, I kind of think about, it, I'm like, I don't know. But then it's like, you like you said, it's like, you know, if you can strengthen the position, you know, mm-hmm. why not do it? So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, who stands out in the senior bowl. I'm, I'm very excited about you and I were talking about this offline about, are we going to get the full practice coverage this year, unlike last year with the recap and that kind of thing? Hopefully, right. hopefully they give us the full practice this year, man.
1: A piece of it, at least. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, at least, because th- that was beautiful. When you saw, like, the practice, you, you saw the trenches. That's what you want to see and uh, these guys perform. You know, I, I want to see what this what this cornerback is going to do against a Devontae Smith in practice. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, cornerback might be a need for the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. The yeah, Cowboys tend to go to the Senior Bowl and and pick up a lot of players from this from this game law. Well,
1: yeah, and and you're right. They they go there. They 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 trust what they see with their eyes. And there's a, a lot of things is that they they see team builders. They see like uh, this right here. If I can use this as an example, how well and how fast they can pick up new systems, new schemes, and they see that things that the highlight tape nor the college all 22 tape will show they see character building and nothing builds character faster than putting you in a place where you, all, you everybody have the same set of skills but it's a whole new environment and we can see who can climb out on top from there so they looking at all of those things and i, I believe that's how Dak prescott came on this team right uh, they looked at the senior bowl and said man this guy man we had this grade on him but He's performing better than all of the other guys that we had a higher grade on him. Now, if we can squeeze him, if he drop a little bit, then, then we're winning. So they're looking at that as well. So in this draft, I just want people to know that take your time. Don't be too quick to call somebody trash, but, but, but just look at it like, okay, soft eyes. This, let's not look too much at need, but let's look at value. And then if the first round... If somebody give you a King Ransom to get to the 10th spot, then allow them to do that. But in the same voice, if you feel comfortable with your draft grade on a certain player with the 10th pick, then you stay there. And if you really love somebody like a JC Horn or somebody like that, then then there's no, wrong, there's no problem. There's no problem trading back into the first, getting somebody that you value. You know, there's nothing wrong with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Law. And I think you see this every time in the draft. You know, I don't know that if, if anybody thought you know AJ Terrell was gonna go, you know, as high as he did, or or um, you know maybe even rugs. So, you know, sometimes these guys go a lot higher than you think. You know, right now there's not much talk of safeties in the first round, but you know this the league is is a pass heavy league, and you need right. these guys. So, I just wouldn't. I, I won't be. I wouldn't even be surprised if you see a cert 10. Does he even make it to 10? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's that needy of, of a league. And um, and these guys, they're, they're hard to come by. So, you know, J.C. Horn, these guys, they might go higher than the, what some of these early mock drafts are looking at. You know, we're talking about Barmore as well. I think right. early in this process, some, think, some people are thinking second round, but then you look what he did in the championship game. I think right. that elevated him. So... it's a crazy thing how how the draft shapes up. We were talking, I mean, uh, we mentioned this on the podcast, Aaron Donald and Mm -hmm. Zach Martin, they got that senior bowl bump, you know, they were like lower first, maybe second round. That senior bowl, what you saw from them bumped them way up.
1: Yeah,
0: I'm excited to see who that's going to be this year.
1: Um, Yeah, and and people people are so quick. Uh, We had uh, Barry Church on the show, and, you know, he was the undrafted guy. And he said that sometimes scouts, teams, the owners, and, and beyond, they're so quick to put this, the label on you. And the label with uh, Aaron Donald was, hey, he's, not, he's too short. His right. arms are not long enough. Mm-hmm. But his bursts and get-off and his explosiveness is everything. He just destroying people. How is this possible? Well, so many people are so, so caught into the measurables, but they fail to look at what he did out there on the field. So just like with Christian Barmore, oh, he, he's not good against the run, but he's a good, excellent on pass rush. Maybe he's not an every down guy as it relates to a person that you can put in the three tech uh, on your front four. Maybe he's a great rotational piece. Who knows? He might be reading that too. He <laughs> may say, "Hey, I could be the next Chris Jones. I I could be the next whatever." You know, coming streaming off from the interior. It's so many things, and you just can't put people. You can't put that label on on these players. And nobody will ever, ever know how that player is gonna convert into the system that they go into and how the coach is gonna be able to elevate that out of them to play at that highest level oh, yeah. or higher level.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's the truth. That's mm-hmm. the absolute truth, Law. Yeah, you you know it right on the on the head there. Um, you know, and, and there are there are teams in this league that are like measurable heavy, like they have to hit these these earmarks mm-hmm. to, to even be in the conversation. Do you feel the Cowboys are kind of like that? Or, or are they kind of in between that? What you, do you feel on that?
1: Well, I believe that they <laughs> extremely like that. You know, yeah. They look at the measurables and they say, okay, he got to be this guy that can do this. Mm-hmm. They looked at Byron Jones. He got to be the guy that can do this. And according to his, his speed and what he did at the combine, man, that elevated him out of the mid-second round all the way up to the first. And now... We got a guy that can be rangy. He, can, he got to be a safety. He got to be a safety. Got to be a safety. And then when we, you know, get another guy from the outside in, nah, kick him at cornerback, and it worked for him. And he got a big paper from that. Same thing with Connor Williams. We as fans, we can see, like, hey, he was a tackle in college. He's quick on his feet. Hey, he's not the strongest guy. He's not going to move stuff out the way, but he can get in the way. Yeah. Cowboys look at it. No we got we got we got this we got that he got to be a guard he got to be a guard right (laughs) i know yeah
0: do you feel like sometimes that may be detrimental as far as like missing on a talent like a buddha baker who's a little bit shorter or like you know like maybe like a honey badger like oh we don't want to even look at him in free agency because he's not this height or this and that do you feel that's detrimental to the team
1: I just wish it's detrimental, yes. I just wish that we, even if we have it in our mind, I just wish we never say it, right? Yeah. So we won't pass up on an Antoine Winfield Jr., right? Right. So we won't pass up on a Booty Baker. So we won't pass up on guys that we know from our our evaluations Mm -hmm. of tape all the way sitting on our couches so that we would not exclude people. Uh, There was an interview that my guy Boss Cowboys did uh with Chris Harris. And it, and that we he was like just asking him a casual question like, hey dog, you think you gonna come over to the Cowboys? And he was like, nope. He said, why? He said they gave me a call. And he said, what did they say? I'm not tall enough. Jeez, man. I said, man, we could have had Chris Harris Jr. Uh think about that, how well that would have worked out for Diggs. Yeah. Think about how much that would have improved uh, a Cheeto Wuzier game, to have somebody with that level of knowledge and experience. Think about how that would help out Jordan Lewis. But by the Cowboys so stuck on measurables, they didn't give the brother a chance or an opportunity. How about that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, Mm. and I I feel like that's what the Cowboys are. They're they're a little bit too rigid sometimes. I wish there was some leeway because we're going to see it in this draft. Asante Samuel, Mm -hmm. I mean, he he might measure 5'10". Hell of a player. Got the bloodlines. Might not even be on the Cowboys' radar. Nope. That's very unfortunate, you know. You, I just, I just want football players. I want dogs on this team because it's something that this uh, we, the DNA is missing. Like you don't have that. We're gonna bully you. You're gonna come here. We're gonna beat the crap out of you. <laughs> we right. don't have that right now. I, I don't get that vibe from this team right now, Law. Do you?
1: We don't have that assassin dog mm-hmm. outside of uh, what Donovan Wilson did across right. the board. We don't have it that assassin dog i think that Diggs can become that dog they get that bark and get that heavy bark going on but outside of Diggs and donovan wilson d-law he talked a good game but he didn't back it up matter of fact he was talking such a good game his own mama called him and told him hey can you hush a little bit <laughs> And I said, come on, moms, you can't be calling the son out and telling him to hush and just play the game. Look, I would rather for D-Law to continue to talk his stuff, you know, and let him let, let the skill of play eat it up on him. But at least he's being true and real to himself. Don't hold back, just continue to talk.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So, jeez. I know, man, yeah. I, I wish they, they would, you know, consider – you know, maybe may reevaluate that in in their scouting. Like, you know, we're kind of missing out on some of these dog-type players. You know, maybe we should, you know, look into one of these guys that's not six foot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what, what they do here as far as linebacker goes Law, You know, this has been a, a mm-hmm. subject that's very, you know, uh, polarizing for fans as far as, you know, Leighton Vandrish and moreover, you know, Jalen Smith. Do you feel that, that they're good, do you, I, I get the feeling that the Cowboys just have too much hubris and they're just going to be like, we're not going to make any changes here. These are our two guys. We might add somebody else. What What do you think they're going to do with linebacker in the offseason?
1: Well, that's a very interesting topic there. Uh, as far as linebackers, we, we can look at it and say, well, you know, in the draft, you, you got the Notre Dame kid, you got the Parson kid from Penn you got the Zavin Collins, you got Nick Bolton, you got all of those guys, which is cute. It's it's good to have on paper. It's beautiful to see, right? It's a cute situation. But the problem is with the Cowboys is that, well, the fans and everything, they still got to know that we got Jalen and we have LVE. And I don't think that Jerry, Wayne, Jones, and Stephen Jones will ever fall on the sword and say that they are wrong. If they are, if they ever do that, then, then, man, oh, man! It'll be a new day in Dallas Cowboys land. So, my thing is, what do we do at this point? Is Dan Quinn' voice loud enough mm-hmm. to say and bang on the table and say, "Hey, we need, we need, um, Parson, or we need the Jer- J- Jeremiah kid from uh, from Notre Dame, or we need the Xavier Collins kid." I don't think that he would ever do that because he's trying to earn his way into the system. He's trying to earn and buy his way into the system and philosophy of earning his trust with the, with the Joneses. So he probably came out there and I'm gonna use Mike McCarthy as an example. I watched every tape last year. That's what Mike McCarthy said. I watched every single tape of the Dallas Cowboys and these are the issues with kelly moore's offense i still want him to be here but these are the issues i guarantee you dan quinn looked at that same playbook and said you know what i'm gonna pull a mike mccarthy i watched every setup and formation what the dallas cowboys did and i recall when i had a bobby wagner i recall when i had a kj don't you got that right there with lve you got that right there with Jaylen Smith. just give me an opportunity i can coach those guys up and they looked at each other and said damn it he got the job
0: I think that is a great, great point, Law. And I, I feel like that's probably what happened. <laughs> I, mean, I, I really do. I really do. Because, I mean, you and I, I mean, we just follow this team like crazy. Like, you, you already know how these guys are thinking, right? So, it's like, that, that wouldn't surprise me one bit mm-hmm. whatsoever. Like, we need you to salvage this. We need you to... <laughs> right this is who we signed. They're not going anywhere. You know, yeah, I I could see that. I know, I know Cowboys fans don't want to hear that. You know, right. They don't want to hear it. A lot of fans have soured on on both of these guys, unfortunately. But, you know, LVE and Jalen, they looked good two seasons ago when they were still in that Marinelli type of uh, defense. So Mm -hmm. I think they're kind of banking and, you know, hoping that this will happen this season. But if it doesn't, and then I think, yeah, okay. Twenty twenty two, you you have to do something. You know right. I, I feel like at that point, okay, we've exhausted everything here. Let's let's uh <laughs> let's make a change here.
1: <laughs> You're right, uh, man. So hopefully Jalen Smith uh with the new
0: scheme,
1: back to the old scheme that he's not thinking. And and, and trust me, his game is everything on instincts, right? Flipping yeah. your hips, flying out to the ball, making the tackle, and trying to do that with one leg, by the way. Yeah. Uh, maybe he can look at it like this. Oh, okay, we're going back to a more simplified uh, process here. Maybe I could be there for a tenth of a second quicker.
0: Could be. Yeah, could let's, be. Let's, let's hope that, that that will be the case. We, we These guys got to step up the game, every single one of them, uh, long um, – <clears throat> You know, I, I think I think we did a good job covering the team here today, Law and I, mean, I you appreciate did. you coming on here. I mean, uh, you know, we're just to work with one of the goats here.
1: Oh my uh, goodness, man. Come on, man. You the goat, <laughs> man. Very fresh. <special. laughs>
0: no, no, the goats are the guys we look up to. And man, I remember when you brought me on first, it really helped out my channel missing. I you know, I'm forever grateful for that, Law. So man, I appreciate you very much. Um, so If anybody has not found you, where can they find you, Law? I I would be shocked, but go ahead and let them know.
1: Well, well, Cowboy Nation, I I really appreciate everybody, man. Y'all can find me at LAW Nation uh, or S Nation on Instagram and Facebook, and as well as on YouTube, just type in Law Nation. You'll see my face name or logo there. And if you really want to support me, man, I got Patreon at LAWS Nation as well. Uh, and that is at PayPal and Cash App, as well as Twitch and Twitter. L A W S Nation. I try to be at mo- on so many platforms, uh, Joe. And that's just how it goes. I'm I'm everywhere.
0: Yeah, Law is everywhere, and he's <laughs> like everywhere covering this team. i like I said, he, he covers it so well. You know, I'll, I'll be at work in my day job, and, and Law's breaking some news. Like I said, you know, I don't even look at ESPN or any of these guys anymore. You, the YouTube community for the Cowboys. And Law ta- law, and I talked about this. It's, it's one of the better, you know, communities out there for the Cowboys. Second
1: to none, man.
0: Yeah, second to none. But uh, that's all we have right now, guys. Appreciate everybody that checked out the stream. Hope you catch this on the replay. Make sure you guys subscribe to both the channels here. Continue to like, subscribe, and share. And we'll see
1: you for the next one, guys. Peace. Go Cowboys. 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 Yeah.